since the beginning of the year, since, the, since February, as we, on the 19th of February, as we cast vision for the house here for this year, we have really stayed focused. We've stayed focused on fulfilling what God gave us, what He put in our hearts, so that the vision that we shared, the cause behind it, has been something that we're seeing everybody taking ownership of and taking hold of in their own personal lives to where each person that's here is becoming more of an owner of the vision and just instead of just a part of the vision. Yeah, you're part of the vision, but God wants you to take ownership of it. And as we've, as we have begun connect groups in the body and, and, and really worked on developing relationships and, and, and understanding the purpose of the house, as, as we're doing that, and, and it's getting established in your heart, what happens is that it makes you effective in everything else you do. And, and sometimes people don't realize that. Some, sometimes people don't realize the importance of discerning the church and the body of Jesus Christ because it's what God is doing and it's where His heart is and where His focus is. People don't realize the importance of developing that so it enhances everything else they do. I'm going to say it again. It's important to develop your love for the house and the church of Jesus Christ so that it enhances everything else that you get involved in. So today I'm just going to share some things. If you've been here at all over the, over the last year, uh, I'm, I'm going to share probably some, some familiar things. But we're, we're talking about falling in love with the house this month. Um, and every message, not every message am I going to preach, but every message that is preached uh, this month, there'll be five Sundays this month, every message that, that is preached will go along with understanding what falling in love with the house is truly about. And my message today is entitled, and I've, I've shared this a couple of times this year, is just simply having a heart for the house. And I want to just give you, as I, as I said, for some it may be familiar scriptures, for others it may be first time you've ever heard it. But in 1 Kings 9, in the Old Testament, I want to read the first four verses of 1 Kings 9. It says, And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire, which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually, forever. He said, my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. My eyes and my heart will be on and in my house. Just fast forward to the New Testament book of 1 Timothy, and the third chapter, and the 15th verse. 
But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Old Testament, what David, what Solomon was building was, was a temple, was a place of worship to God. And God said perpetually, forever. How long is forever? Then, now, and tomorrow, and however long. That's forever. So he said, my heart, God said, this is God, okay? My heart and my eyes are in and on my house forever. First Timothy, First Timothy 3.15 says that that. The house of God is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. There's a purpose for the house, and it's for the truth. There's a purpose for the house, and it's for the truth. But as we've been talking about all year, taking the truth from the pages of this book and seeing it developed into the lives of people is something that is is huge. It's not something that is very simple, and it's not something that people just get from from a Sunday morning message. It's something that has to be processed, but it takes all of the parts working together to see that happen. The um, book of Ephesians, first chapter, 22nd verse says, And He, meaning the Father, put all things under His feet, meaning Jesus, and gave Him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, comma, verse 23, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all and in all. He the Father put all things under the feet of Jesus and gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is His body. To the church, which is His body. The house of God is the church of God, which is the body of Jesus Christ today. The house of God, which God's heart and His eyes are on and in, and it will be that way forever, is today the church of God, which is the body of Jesus Christ, who you and I are. So there's many parts, but there's one body, one spirit, and we all have to work together. One of the things about local congregations that's important, meeting groups of people like this, is that we have a place to practice certain things that need to be worked out. I mean, you know, everybody new that comes in the door you're new here today or you're new here over a short period of time, which is a number of you that are, you didn't come in the door with everything worked out. In fact, as you, want, as you come in the door and you keep coming back and you hear the word preached because, because the, the, the house of God is the church, it's the ground and the pillar of truth, and when you start getting new truth and revelation in your life, it begins to change you, and things begin to change by your choice, not by the pulpit forcing something out of you. Because if the pulpit forces it, you'll never do it. It has to be something that you choose. 
based on new information or things that you're getting in such a way that it's challenging you, and that's the purpose of the church. Well, we get to practice here so we can be effective out there, and we can be effective with other people that love God and those kind of things, but you have to have a place where you can practice that and be planted, and we'll see that in another verse. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. And verse... Well, you know, you know the passage here. Most of you know this passage. Um, Jesus asked His disciples, who do people say that I am? They say, well, you're one of the prophets or whatever, and who do you say? And Peter jumped up and he says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. In verse 18, Jesus tells Peter, and also I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And and what, what Jesus told Peter is, what you said that out of a place of revelation, you could have not known that except it had been a part of you. And he said, on this rock, the rock of what's revealed to you is what I'll build my church on. And I'll build my church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Who's the church? Me, you, us, right? Around the world, the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. So just keep that thought. Keep that thought as we, as we keep moving. Because there has to be, you have to be identified with something, okay? What's, what's different in meeting, I mean, I mean, this building, we thank God for this building, but we've, we proved for 10 years you can meet anywhere. Hmm? Everybody laughed that was a part of it. We can meet anywhere. We, we met in 10 years in nine different buildings. And wherever we met, we were the church. And we thank God for a stationary place so we don't have to set up and break down every week. Thank God for this. Everybody say it. Thank God. Hello. But we're the church, and we've got to be identified with it because the difference, the, the, you know, actually... The only difference in us meeting here this morning um, versus, you know, before I was born again, every Sunday morning, before I was born again, in, in, in all my growing up years, Sunday morning, we spent at the golf course playing cards before we went out and played golf because Sunday was a day off from school or whatever so we could play golf and so so there was all kinds of people that met man we met I mean there was tons of us all kinds of card tournaments going on early in the morning on Sunday morning and then we'd play golf all day so we all met you know and it was fun and we got to know each other and we connected and everything. But what didn't happen in those meetings? What didn't happen? There was no word. 
So, I mean, th- there's nothing wrong with meeting down here at Scott Shriner Golf Course and, and, and getting together with a bunch of guys or whatever on, on Sunday morning. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but there's no word. You, you understand? I mean, it can be word if we all went down there and we had some word. You know, because it doesn't matter where we meet. But do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So there has to be an identification on my part with something that's bigger than I am that's going to challenge me to go to places I've never been before. And, that, and that's, why, that's why understanding the house is so vitally important. Now, keep that thought. And I want to look at something that's just, you could say, well, this is just real simple, but... I think it's something we've got to know to follow after. Look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Luke 4 and 16. So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into where? The synagogue, the church, the house of God, okay? on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Your Sabbath day can be any day that you separate for that. We've set aside this day for us to meet, okay? Well, it was his custom to set aside that day and to go to the house of God because why? Because God's heart is in that and his eyes are on it. See, It's not that God's heart is just in this building and that his eyes are just watching this building. His heart and his eyes are in and on us and what we're doing. So we're the church. So is his heart and his eyes with me when I leave here? If I, if I, see, it is, but in a, in a different way where the church, where the revelation and the discernment of the church is concerned, his eyes and heart are on it when my purpose in life is to advance what he is building. See, I'm not building my church, you're not building your church. You know, God is building his church and we've got to be a part of it. Okay? Matthew 13. What I'm going to say in this verse of Scripture, verse 54 of Matthew 13, what I'm going to say is, is pretty, it's pretty awesome. Verse 54 of Matthew 13, when he had come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Where? He got it from church. (laughs) Because he believed in it. I'm not talking about the religious mindset of church life. Okay? I'm talking about the church, the house, the church, the body of Jesus Christ, and us believing it. When he was 12 years old, actually the last time that we hear anything about his, his natural father, Joseph, when he was 12 years old, 
they'd gone into Jerusalem, and then they left. There was a big old crowd of them, and they left, and they just, you know, his parents just thought he was there, and he, and he wasn't, and they get a day's journey. It took them three days to find him. And you know what I think is that I think that Mary and Joseph looked everywhere but the church. Because actually, he'd set up tent inside and was just camped out, and he was just hanging out there. And you know what he was doing in there? He was asking all kinds of questions. And it says he was giving them things that he knew, and they were astonished at his wisdom at 12 years old. But it said when his mom came, said, why, you know, why have you done this? To, you know, he said, well, if you understood, I, you knew I was about my father's business where in, in the church. And then it says he left there, and he honored them, and he submitted to them, and he obeyed them. Actually lived with them until he was 30 years old. And he obeyed them. And it says, he grew in wisdom and favor and stature because of his obedience. And his connection, realizing that without the church, he wasn't going to be anything because he was becoming, he was becoming the perfect example to mankind of how you do it. So if he did it through understanding and believing in the world of the church than you and I do. Remember, we're talking about falling in love with the house. Amen? So, what does it say about us? He was identified with the house. What does it say about us? Just a few verses. There's, there's a number of them, but I'll just give you a couple. Just, just one verse here and there. Just to challenge you, Hebrews 10 and verse 25. Hebrews 10 and 25. Uh, just back up to 24. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the matter of some, but exhorting one another so much more. I said so much more. He said so much more as you see the day approaching. That's, we need the church that much more today than we have ever needed it before. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the matter of some. We've got to believe in it. Not to put you on a guilt trip, you just got to believe in it. You got to believe that, that your connection to the church and to something that's bigger than you are is going to promote you in everything that you do. And, and it, that has to become something that you believe in. That's why we're teaching it. That's why we're dedicating a whole month to it for you to understand it. Because as there was back in those days, as is the matter of some that don't believe it, and the ones that don't believe it want to influence other people in, in that way. And you just don't want to be influenced that way because you want to be a part of what God is building. Amen. Jeremiah 23, another powerful verse. Jeremiah 23 And verse 3 of 23, he said, But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. 
being brought to the fold, and that's one of the reasons that we're here, and it's what we preach, and it's what we stand for when we stand for something like the church and understanding what the church represents. It, it's, it's helping to cause people to come to the fold, you know, into the fold, and it's helping people to believe in the benefit of being undercover and undercovering so that they lack nothing and that they fear nothing and that they're empowered to do all God created them to do. We can see it real clear in that passage of Scripture. And then just one other one is Psalm 92 and verse 13. These are verses given you today so you can go and look at them and and meditate on them yourself. 92 and 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, the church, the body of Jesus Christ, as we see it in New Testament, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The way, the way I understand this is, as I've studied this, those who are planted in the house in the church will flourish in everything else that they do. And I believe that. I know, it, I know it to be true over and over and over again. Those who are planted in the house will flourish in everything else they do. God intended it to be that way. Now, I just want to end this message today with a, with a couple things that drive home what we've done this year in regards to our vision and our purpose and the cause of, of, of Jesus. And I want to give you these definitions, and I want you to think about them today. And if you're taking notes, I'll, I'll take the time for you to be able to write this down. But a vision is something that is gazed upon, or it's seen over time. A vision is something gazed upon, or seen over time. An inspired appearance something gazed upon or seen over time, an inspired appearance, something that you can see over time. Because a vision is always evolving, so it's something that you have to see, but it's seen over time. A cause, and we're here for the cause of Christ, but a cause is, is defined as to contend for a purpose no matter the cost. To contend for the purpose or the vision no matter the cost. To contend for a purpose or vision no matter the cost. So a vision is something gazed upon or seen over time, an inspired appearance, and a cause is something to contend for for a purpose or a vision, no matter the cost. And I'll say this, without the cause, without the cause, vision has no power. Without the cause, vision for something has no power. Because, because when, you know, if 
if each and every one of you on this front row have the cause and you're willing to fight for the vision no matter what it costs, then what will happen is at the end of the day, we'll get it done. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be next week or next month, but we're going to stay with it. Why? Because the cause is in our heart. See, the cause never changes. We're in this thing for the cause of Christ. The vision is something that we view today, but in, in, in a month from now or a year from now to be something different because it will evolve. What we shared this year that we've stayed with all year, there'll be new fresh vision that will be cast for next year, okay, or wh- whenever it is. New fresh vision will be cast. It doesn't mean we're doing away with what we've done before, but now it's evolving and getting stronger because we've completed. I told you at the beginning of the year, if this year we don't accomplish and do anything with what I'm giving you today, there's no reason to cast new vision because if you haven't accomplished the last thing, you won't see the new things, right? Remember, we're talking about falling in love with the house, which is the church, which is the body of Jesus Christ, what, which he is involved in building. His eyes and his heart are on it, and he's building it. He's building it. Ephesians 3 in the Amplified in verse 10 says, the purpose of the church is that the wisdom of God would be made known to principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. In other words, the church would enforce, would enforce in the earth what Jesus accomplished at Calvary and beyond. What he accomplished at Calvary, it's the, it's the responsibility of the church to enforce that. We're not here to redo it. That's absurd. We've got to stay busy and focused on what he's building from the place of his resurrection and his empowerment upon high, empowering you and I to do the work. We've got to stay focused on that so that we can accomplish what his heart wants to see accomplished, not just what we think is good. Amen? And this year, and I'll just give you these couple of things. This year, in regards to vision, we talked about the one, going after the one, right? We talked about the importance of connection through relationships, and that's where we birthed in the summertime uh, last month or two months ago. We, we, we started and began our connect groups because we're in this to develop right relationships. And the third thing was the importance of establishing and, and, and allowing foundation to be built in people's heart through discipleship. And Matthew 28 says, and it's the commission of Jesus as he's leaving the earth, he commissioned them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and immersing them in the revelation of who Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are. That's the purpose of the church. In fact, the cause, this year at Gates, that's the vision, but the cause is something that will never change, and it's the great commandment and the great commission. And the great commandment was to love God and love people, and the great commission was to release discipleship. Right? Everybody say great. There's over 600 commandments in the Bible, but there's one great commandment. And that commandment is love God and love people. 
And a, and a very interesting verse, put up for me the, the verse I have, 1 John 4, and I think it's verse 20, it's in the Message Bible. 1 John 4 and verse 20 in the Message. Uh, it's 20 and 21, I guess it is. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he's a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The, co the command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. Is there a next verse? No, that's it. So, the command we have from Christ, which is the great commandment, is loving God includes loving people. Well, I love God, but, I, you know, that church life crap, you know. <laughs> well, it's just because you don't understand it. And the more that we understand it and we live in the understanding of it, the more our lives stay connected to what He is building and not just what we're trying to be a part of. See, because when the cause is on the inside of you, you'll fight to the end to make sure it comes to pass. You'll stay with it to the end, even if the vision is a little dim and the vision's a little whatever and I'm struggling in this area. No, we're staying with it because I've got the cause of Christ inside of me. And the cause is to love God and love people and for my life to make disciples. And I just want to remind you as I end this, just a couple of verses of Scripture that, that encourages us in this. And John 8, 31 and 2, which is a really good verse. John 8, 31 and 2. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed Him, If you abide in My word... You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And what will happen? The truth shall make you free. He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Because, why? Because when you're a disciple, because the truth has made you free, then you'll disciple. Because see, disciples make disciples. Disciples make disciples. And, and, and the Lord wants the discipleship commandment to be a part of your life. And that's why you have to study that and meditate on that and, and desire for that to come to pass. And that's why our challenge all year is about, about having one person in your life that you focusing on. One person that you're sharing something with and, and just allowing your life to be a blessing. I'm not talking about preaching to them, just being in their lives. Because when you're focused on the one, you're focused on the commission of God. It starts with being a friend to somebody. And as your life is being discipled and the truth has set you free, then what's going to happen is that freedom is going to get off of you and out of you and into the lives of other people. And you know what? Listen, I'm telling you, it's not that difficult. It's not that hard. It's really, and I think this year in this body we've seen that it's not that hard and how things are increasing in people's lives because when your focus is off of you and it gets off onto other people and you keep it there, then God's able to meet your need. 
But when you're trying to meet your need, not just monetarily, but in every way, and you're trying to make those things come to pass, it's because your focus is in the wrong place. He said, I'll meet all your needs according to my riches, my ability, my power, my anointing. I've already done that. And if you'll quit doing it and stay focused on my great commandment and my great commission, then everything else in your life will be done. Planted in the house of the Lord, you'll flourish in everything else you do out there. Amen? And then um, John 15, and I'll end with this. John 15 and verse 1. I'm the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. <laughs> Each of those branches are going to bear something, right? Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. I'll say that again. He's the vine, we're the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Watch this, verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples, ones who are disciplined after me. But how are we disciplined? By his word. Where do you find the word? In the, ch in the church, in the house of God, which is the body of Jesus Christ, because we're growing together, exercising our faith. It's not just hearing the word. It's not just the process of hearing a message but it's what a message does to you and then what you do with it and how you exercise it in the lives of other people around you and you learn to live by faith with people in spite of your differences instead of allowing the differences to divide us. You can go in the world and all you got to do is have a difference and you're divided. In the world, in the world there's cliques. In the church, we should intermingle with people that we don't necessarily in the natural like on, on the face. You know, the face value and the face and the cover of the person. Well, you know, they, they don't dress like me or they don't look like me or they're not the same color as I am or they're not this, that, or the other. It's those people that we've got to step out and connect with because they've got things you need and vice versa. See, in the world, there's a difference and well, we, we'll go over here to this clique and we just want to be around people that we like that do what we do. If you want to do that, that's fine. But we, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna be clickified that's probably not a word, but it's a good word. We're not clickified. So, so I'm going to see that on social media today. Somebody will use. I just came up with that right now. You know, that's how, sure, that's how smart I really am. These words I come up with. See. Clickified. We're not going to be clickified in the body. Right? Uh -uh. We're people coming together. Loving God, loving people, and our lives making disciples. That's the purpose. This month, we're dedicating 
to understanding and falling in love with the house and seeing through the Word of God. I mean, I just led you from verse to verse, simple verses of Scripture about loving the house and falling in love with the house and how your connection to the house will advance you and promote you and cause things out there to flourish. Amen? Father, today I thank you for this time together with these people. I thank you, Lord, I'm honored for the revelation that you've given me to share with your people. Lord, we're so privileged to be a part of what you're building and what you're establishing in the earth. Lord, I, I, it doesn't matter what, it, what anything looks like. It doesn't matter what's going on in the government or governments of the world or, or things where there's great division on, in certain parts of our planet. It doesn't matter. The, 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 the church is the institution for the anointing. And we're empowered as this institution to be anointed to fulfill and, and, and to enforce what you established and that through us, principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness are, are let known that they are defeated and they have no power and no dominion. And we will remind them that we will not let people be our enemy. People are not our enemy. The enemy is the enemy. And the enemy is defeated today. And we acknowledge that, and we're so privileged to have that revelation in the house here, Lord, and that we can walk in that revelation. Oh, God, we're so privileged, and we're so thankful today. And I thank you for that revelation going deep into each and every heart in this place, that your people see it, that they hear it, and that they understand it from this day forward like never before. And I believe, and I release this over every person sitting at the sound of my voice today, that their latter years starting today are greater than their former because of increase of revelation. And you said through Jesus, on this rock of revelation, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And we bless you. We honor you, Lord. We thank you so much today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen and amen.